It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. This is a Spiva Media production. It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. Hey there, this is Cindy Liming, your host of your Daily Dose of Awesome. On this show, I talk about all the things that I find to be awesome in this journey called life. By sharing what I find, I hope that you too will be able to create more awesomeness in your corner of the world. Before I get started, I wanted to share with you about my summer side hustle, and that's writing a course for the app Listenable. Listenable can be found on the App Store. If you love to learn like I do, and you also love podcasts, this is definitely the app for you. Listenable has courses that you can listen to like a podcast on a variety of topics. They upload more classes within a few days to a week. Each lesson within the course is about 5 to 10 minutes long. The course I created is called The Power of Positivity. If you enjoy this podcast, I'm certain you will love the class as well. So many of us have been in a slump, especially during the pandemic. I really think you will love this class. I can guarantee you will find more classes that will interest you in the Listenable app besides mine. There's something for everyone. Again, get the Listenable app from the App Store today and listen to The Power of Positivity. Last week, I talked about how I was regulating my eight-year-old's iPad usage. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as we started to get a grip on things, two people in my family got COVID. I wouldn't normally want to talk about it because I know you get enough information about the coronavirus from your own news, but I was thinking maybe you would be interested in hearing about it firsthand from someone who was living with someone who had it. I am hoping that, especially if you have been a longtime listener, and take note, this is episode 100. Can you believe that? But anyway, um, if you've been a longtime listener, I'm hoping that you see me as a good friend at this point. Anyway, I can tell you it isn't completely like what you are hearing on the news. It has also been eye-opening for me as well. I hope no one in your family gets it, but if they do, I will be sharing with you how we dealt with it with much success. No one in the house, no one else in the house, I should say, caught it. To let you know that for us, it was nothing to panic over. All we have seen in the media is panic, panic, and more panic. I think as a society, we like to have things to worry about. And sure, for some, the coronavirus is definitely something you should worry about, kind of. I take that back. Not all of society likes to have something to worry about. I've just noticed that in my own personal observations, people tend to need something to complain about in order to have something to talk about. 
And I notice this in my in myself as well. And I work really, really hard to put a stop to it. I mean, have you ever been around people and no one's saying anything? And then someone, in this case, it would be me, will say, oh, I'm so tired. Or, oh, I don't want to go back to work. Or, oh, this coronavirus is a real mess. Ever since I noticed this myself, I really try to stop myself because, really, it isn't adding anything into the world. As soon as someone brings up the coronavirus, people tend to go into panic or anger mode. I just don't want to add to, to it. And that being said, I want to tell you about our experience. I think we need to be concerned about the coronavirus and not panicked. There's a difference. For example, I'm concerned about getting in a car accident and driving and possibly getting into an accident every time I drive, but I don't go into a full-blown panic every time I get into a car. And I'll talk more about that later. Concern is fine. Panic, not so fine. And not really a good way to spend your time. My husband got a fever at first. Not a bad one. In fact, he still mowed his lawn with the fever, but felt a little off. I need to share, though, that in the fall, he got very sick with sepsis and was hospitalized for a few days and was told he would probably have died had we not gotten him to the ER when we did. At that time, he had an even higher fever. So that being said, fast forward to now, when he got this particular fever, he took himself to the ER immediately. Not because he thought he had COVID, but because the last time he had a fever, it turned into sepsis because he didn't get into the doctor in time and could have died. So he's just being precautious. He didn't want to go through that again. They swabbed him for coronavirus and took a a chest x-ray to be on the safe side. The doctor looked at his x-ray and saw nothing and said he probably did not have COVID since the chest x-ray was clear and he only had a fever. And they sent him home and they told him to just take some Tylenol or Advil or something like that and didn't seem to be all that concerned. In fact, the fever went away the next day and he felt fine. Sure enough, two days later, the COVID results came in and he tested positive. A few days later, he could not smell or taste certain things. He did what he was told, and although he felt completely fine, he quarantined himself from all of us for 14 days. Thankfully, this was not physically difficult to do because he has shared parenting with his boy's mom, and we don't live together anyway. So for this situation, quarantining was not hard for us. Mentally, though, it took a toll on us. 14 days is a long time to not get to see your family. In the meantime, my teenage daughter McKenna threw up out of nowhere with no other symptoms. And keep in mind, these two situations were going on simultaneously, pretty much. Um, Just once she threw up, and after after she did, she was literally fine for the rest of the day. She was at work when it happened, and it was over 90 degrees where she was working due to the fact that the fans had broken that day. Three days later, she had a low-grade fever of 99 and felt tired, so she just laid down, and that was that. And still, I thought nothing of this. When you read about the symptoms of COVID, yes, a fever can be a symptom, but a fever could also be a sign of so many other things, too, so I just left that one alone. 
The next day she woke up and she didn't have a fever and felt fine all day. In fact, she had no symptoms, no fever, nothing. Two days after that, after feeling completely fine with no fever, she lost her sense of smell. Losing your sense of taste or smell are symptoms unique to the coronavirus. The following day, we got her tested for COVID, and sure enough, she was positive. A little side note, though. Someone from the health department did mention that often losing your sense of taste and smell is sometimes due to how they test you. They take a large Q-tip and shove it way up your nose, thus irritating it and causing you to lose your sense of smell and then, of course, you know, your sense of taste. However, McKenna lost her sense of smell before she was tested. Bill lost his after he was tested. So this kind of info was meaningless, but I thought I would share it anyway. The challenge for the rest of us as far as quarantining was much more complicated. I had already been exposed to my husband, and in case you didn't know this, if you know you've been exposed to someone, then you have to quarantine too. Even if you don't have it, don't have any symptoms, you might, okay? So you also have to quarantine even though you have no symptoms and you just have been exposed knowingly to someone who tested positive. It appears, though, if you have just a little fever, just don't get tested then. No one has to quarantine. I'm kidding, kind of, but the fact that you have to quarantine when you feel fine is a hard pill to swallow. And what makes the virus so darn complicated? The other catch is that if you're, if you're living with someone who has it and it has been confirmed, you cannot get tested. Okay, so let me repeat that again. So the person that you live with tested positive, but you can't get tested. One cannot get tested unless they have symptoms. So think about that. Are there people all around with no symptoms, breathing the corona all over the place? You betcha. Anyway, Bill lives an hour away. The rest of us had to come up with a plan. McKenna would stay here with me, even though she could have stayed at her dad's as well. I had to quarantine too, so we might as well do it together. (laughs) My eight-year-old had already been exposed to her sister, so she too stayed with me. So my home was the house of quarantine. My 18-year-old was kind of in the clear, since he and his sister both drive, and they both have pretty active social lives. Neither one of them had been around each other when McKenna was the most contagious. And by the way, um, one who tests positive for coronavirus is contagious for 48 hours before they show symptoms. Now, my son Christian was a 2020 graduating senior this year, and as you know, there have been so many disappointments for this particular graduating class. He's about to go to college in a few weeks, and this is the light at the end of his tunnel of disappointments. He doesn't want anything else bad to ruin his year, like getting the coronavirus and spreading it to everyone else, and he wanted to do all that he could to not catch it. He didn't want to stay with me, or his dad since his dad house had been exposed, so what to do about that? My parents are super helpful, but they are older and we and they would be considered in the at-risk category. 
my mother so wanted to have Haley and Kristen stay with her and my dad, which would have been ideal, but I could not live with myself if they caught it and something awful happened. Needless to say, Christian ended up staying in a hotel for a week. So McKenna, Haley, and myself had to quarantine together. This was a challenge. McKenna only left her room to use the restroom. And that's one thing that um, we were told to do. You definitely, if you have more than one restroom, you definitely don't want to share a restroom with the person who tested positive. So we have um, a restroom upstairs where McKenna's room is. So she just used that one. I brought her food up to her. In fact, we were so careful that I would put her tray of food by her closed door and she would listen for me to walk down the stairs and then open the door to retrieve her food. I joked with her that I felt like I was housing sloth from the Goonies. But it was interesting. Like we would see each other because we would FaceTime each other, but um, that was it. <laughs> so um, it kind of stunk. Anyway. Haley also stayed in her own room. She didn't have it, but I needed to limit her exposure to me and her sister. Her room is downstairs, and I also let her eat in her room as well, which she loved. Both both of the girls loved the fact that they could eat in their room and that they had food delivered to their door by me. Um, but I had to break all kinds of house rules during quarantine. I normally do not allow my family to eat in their bedrooms, but in this situation, I kind of had to. And then the most disappointing part of all of this is that, you know, I just got a handle on Haley's iPad usage, um, but then I had to undo it all because I had to let Haley be on her iPad and watch TV in her room pretty much as much as she wanted to. I mean, what else was I going to do? We couldn't go anywhere, and we couldn't play together. As for me, my area was the kitchen and the back patio. Luckily, the weather was not too hot here in Ohio, so we could have the windows open and the fans running, and since my little office was outside in the shade, it was pretty comfortable. Christian would come over to eat lunch and dinner, but would stay outside. So it was all very interesting trying to keep everyone apart. So there you have it, quarantine at its finest. Should this happen to you, there are a few tips and things that I learned that were helpful. And for the record, I feel credible to give you these tips because no one else in the house caught it. All right, so follow the rules. See, it's tempting to not follow the rules because everyone in my house literally felt perfectly fine. But we had to eat, so my mom would drop food off at the front step, and then when she left, I would grab it. I also had my groceries ordered using Instacart. And just so you know, this is a super helpful service, especially around now when you're trying to stay out of the stores. Um, But I actually have a deal on my website for Instacart if you'd like to take advantage of it. So you can check out that deal at yddoa.com slash deals. All right, another thing that we did get rid of all hand towels I'm not a fan of paper towels and coincidentally I stopped my paper towel delivery from Amazon recently but in this case we used lots of paper towels I put a roll in all of the bathrooms instead of using hand towels another thing that we did that was helpful um, it was that give the infected person Clorox wipes McKenna never really needed to come out of her room, but there might have been an occasion or two when she actually came downstairs 
And um, once we found out she had a positive test, I scurried around the house and disinfected everything. Once that was done, I didn't want her to reinfect anything in the house. So she would walk around with a Clorox wipe in hand and, of course, her mask. Someone did ask me, why not just have her wear gloves? Well, my thought process was that if she had a Clorox wipe in her hand, she was more likely to not touch her face. And if she had on plastic gloves, she still might touch her face. Um, but with a, with, with a Clorox wipe in her hand, she was, in essence, disinfecting everything she touched with her Clorox wipe. My husband did the same thing in his house. We had joked that if someone invented a Clorox wipe glove, they would probably make millions right now. Another thing, no more judging people wearing masks. Now, you guys know I'm not a fan of the masks. And I will be honest with you, I often wondered why people wore masks while they were in the car or while they were jogging. And just so you know, I did always follow the rules. I wore my mask. I just don't really like them very much. I don't feel comfortable in them, but I always wore one because we're supposed to. But anyway, I always wondered why um, people were wearing masks while they were in the car or while they were jogging. And I can tell you why. If you see someone wearing a mask in the car, they just might have a little one in the back seat that you can't see. I had been exposed and I really did the best I could to not expose anyone else. I did have to pick Haley up in my car, so I wore a mask and so I wore a mask and so did she while we were in the car. I probably looked ridiculous out of the front seat because it appeared that I was alone. I mean, I was one of those people who questioned why the heck was someone driving alone in their car with their mask on? Chances are either they forgot cuz I've done that too, they forgot to take it off, or someone might be in the back seat and they're trying to protect them. When someone is walking or jogging, why are they wearing a mask? Well, I'll be honest, I did do a lot of walking. It was the one activity that I could do to get out of my house. I think I was, it was saving my mental health a bit. Plus, I tried to stay outside of the house as much as possible without also going into the general public. So walking around in my neighborhood, I felt was a safe activity. Now, someone who is walking or jogging with a mask on is probably doing so because they don't want to infect you. That's the thing. McKenna and Bill's symptoms were next to nothing, better than the flu even. But I can't speak for how anyone else's body will react to it. Our story just so happens to be a success story that you rarely hear about, which is why I'm sharing it. But for someone who is walking or running with a mask on, might have knowingly been exposed or even have it. Because remember, you can test positive and feel completely fine. So you might feel like going for a walk or a jog. So if you see someone walking or jogging with a mask on, they probably have it or they know they've been exposed. Remember, after the tiny fever that my husband and daughter had, they had no other symptoms besides losing their sense of taste and smell for just a couple days. Towards the last few days of McKenna's quarantine, I did encourage her to go on a walk with me, and we both wore masks and did it proudly, if I'm going to be honest. I feel bad for judging other people. I get it now. And 
I used to even think those other walkers or joggers who were unmasked but moved well over six feet away from me was kind of odd too, but I get it now. It's not that we were paranoid that we were going to catch it. McKenna already did, and I was exposed to it. We didn't want to be the cause of someone else's death. When you have it, you really don't want to give it to someone else. And I never realized how much it meant to us to not pass it on. Something else you might not know. You can't get a test unless you have symptoms. So if exposed or are asymptomatic, you will need to play the quarantine game and act as though you too have COVID. As this was going on, we found out that you can quarantine for 10 days and not 14, but like everything else, not all of the sources say that. Ever since all of this has been going on, and I've said this on the show before, for every article or expert or newscast that you hear saying one thing, there will be another expert who will tell you the exact opposite. So is 10 days enough time to quarantine without symptoms and still be safe? My answer is that I'm not sure, and it seems that no expert can agree on this. Here's what we did. And keep in mind, as you get closer to being at the end of quarantine, like you want to be done with quarantine. So once McKenna hit day 10, I let her eat downstairs with the rest of us. Once day 10 rolled around, no more eating in the bedrooms. Basically, I started weaning her back into the land of the living. I was still the only one who served food. I washed my hands more often than I want to admit, and I did not let anyone touch the food. They did not get to self-serve themselves like normal. McKenna had to sit at the counter to eat, and the rest of us ate at the table. At least this way we could be together, which I longed for. On day 14, which is today, she gets to go back out again. However, she has decided that she is no longer going to be a part of a crowd for a while. We think she might have caught it from prom, but there's no way to be sure. Just like everything else with this whole virus. (laughs) The health department, here's something else. So the health department might relentlessly call and text you. When someone in the home tests positive for COVID, your contact information will go to the health department for your county. My husband's county did not contact him as much as my county did and is still contacting me as I record this. I think his health department contacted him once. For me, starting promptly at 4 p.m., I get three texts. I don't even need to look at, look at the time. As soon as I hear it go off three times, I know it's four o'clock. They want me to report our symptoms and check our temps twice a day. I'll be honest, I did not do that unless someone actually felt like they had a temperature and no one did. So I just reported that we were normal. If I don't immediately respond to those texts, they will continue to text me three more times. That's a total of nine texts. (laughs) If I still don't respond, then they call. I try to respond, but often I was cooking or working when the text came through and didn't get around to it. It's also kind of invasive, you know, so that could possibly happen. So this is the end of my list of tips and things that I learned. 
I would like to end this with telling you, if you have been anxious or panicked about getting the virus, please try not to be. I know my husband and my daughter's symptoms were minimal, and we are so thankful, but I'm well aware that not everyone's symptoms are going to be minimal. Some people die. It seems from my own research that most people will indeed have mild to no symptoms at all. Which is great, but that's also what makes it so frustrating. You should be concerned, but not panicked or get anxious. Even if, in, even if you're in the category of being more at risk, there is still no need to panic. Here's why I feel this way. And I hope that this is going to be helpful to some of you who are feeling a little anxious. So back to the driving a car example that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Every time we get into our cars, we put ourselves at risk. Every time you leave the house, you are at risk for so many things, not just the coronavirus. You're at risk in your own home as well. I could fall down the stairs and die. I could choke on my food and die. I could walk out of my house, get hit by a car, and die. I could get into my car and get into a car accident and die. Someone in the world has unfortunately died in all of the ways I just mentioned. I'm not panicked about leaving my home, driving, or eating because I could choke. I still do all of those things. (laughs) In fact, I'm not even concerned at all about it. I just go about my business. Here's the thing. I should be panicked about getting in a car. I lost one of my best friends to a car accident when I was 16. I lost my son's best friend to a car accident almost three years ago, and he was like my other son. Believe me, when all of that went down, I was panicked and anxious. I don't ever want that to happen again. But I still get in a car. I still let my teens drive. Am I concerned every time? Yes. Do I panic and drive them crazy? No. What do we do when we drive? We wear our seatbelts. We drive the speed limit. We follow the rules. We just simply need to do this with the coronavirus. Like driving, will some people die? Yes. Do we know who those people are? No, we don't. Just like the coronavirus, some people are going to die. We don't know who those people are. They could be at any age. Is it awful? Yes. I have never experienced anything worse than losing a friend and pretty much a son to car accidents. You have to be preventative. My friend and my son's friend did not have on seatbelts. They might have lived and I can't even go down that road. Do people still die with their seatbelts on? Yes. We just have to do what we can, just like the coronavirus. It's not going to go away. Even if we come up with a vaccine, it will still be there, just like the flu. We have a vaccine for the flu, which only some people get, and the flu is still here. Wear your mask. I'm still not completely sold on the mask because it seems like the coronavirus is still prevalent, even with the mask mandate. I mean, you know, we've been mandated to wear a mask and two people in my house got it. So, um, but I'll do it. 
I'll do it anyway because it's better than shutting down everything. Wash your hands, put hand sanitizer in your car, and make it a habit just like you would when putting on your seatbelt. Do what you have to do to be preventative, but panicking and being anxious is not going to help you or anyone around you. So this is the end of my show. I hope you learned something from our experience, and if nothing else, please don't panic anymore. The sad thing is is that all we hear about are the people who are dying, and we never hear about the success stories. So here's a success story for you. Please share it if you found it to be helpful. And again, I know not every COVID experience is going to be successful like ours was. Just like getting into a car is not successful for everyone either. We don't stop driving. We keep moving. And that's what we need to do. Anyway, please share our success story if you'd like. If you have any questions please feel free to contact me in my Facebook group at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Y-D-D-O-A. You can also find me on Instagram at your DD of Awesome and on Twitter at Cindy Liming, which is C-Y-N-D-I and Liming is L-I-M-I-N-G. Be sure to check out my website at yddoa.com where you'll find all the deals, resources, and episodes of your Daily Dose of Awesome. Thanks again for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.